the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Ross McKenzie and in 2019 I was diagnosed with kidney cancer and was treated that year. It made me start to think about those in the agricultural sector being diagnosed and how they can get through it, especially with their responsibilities to livestock and working the land. It also led me to think how important the farming community is to people in their time of need. I spoke to crofter Cameron McFadgen, who was also diagnosed that year with cancer, in his case, prostate. Cameron kindly talks to me about his battle and also talks positively about how his community helped him when needed. I also speak to Margs Granger, the welfare manager with RSABI. She tells us how this organisation is there to help you whenever you need them. I'm very pleased to welcome Cameron McFadgen, who's a crofter and he also works part-time with the NFUS in Port 3. I know Cameron very well because our office is next door to the NFUS in Port 3, so we see Cameron on a regular basis. And I'm pleased Cameron's taking time out to speak to us about the dreaded C, the cancer. We talk about mental health and how it can affect you, but also physical health, which can also relate to your mental side and how you go about getting through that period. Thank you, Cameron. Welcome. Please, could you tell us a little bit about your background here in Sky and what you've been up to with your craft and work? Uh, surely, Ross. Good morning. I'm, uh, I'm the fourth generation on this craft here, uh, but I spent a lot of my working life away in uh, Lanarkshire. I was uh, 30-odd years uh, down there working for NFU Scotland uh, as, a, as a secretary. I was based in the Straven office in Lanarkshire. It was a big change from Sky. I left Sky to go down there. Uh, having having uh, been the agent and, and secretary in, in the Sky branch of the NFU in the early 80s. But it was predominantly a dairy area farming community. It was uh, boots on and boiler suit on and getting about the, the work, um, much like ourselves up here. And the weather was very similar, which surprised me too. They've got the similar kind of seven months winter and five months of bad weather. Dairying at up to a thousand feet which is uh, not easy to do uh, and, and get a wee bit of profit. But no, it was an interesting time. And you came back to Sky to the, the family croft, which you oh, never left, really, and also a bit of part-time work with your local branch now. Yes, that's correct. I, I retired uh, four years ago and came home to the croft. And uh, while I was away, I had continued to keep an interest in it and kept up a steady programme of uh, maintenance and improvements, assisted by my very good friend, uh, the late John Angus McKenzie, who, who kept uh, the wheels in the wagon while I was working away. Coming back to, to Sky and you talk a more relaxed lifestyle. I know you're very keen on your, is it windsurfing? Windsurfing. Wind, wind wind you're very keen on your windsurfing yeah. and 
you have your family more off the island now, but you still keep in touch. And things were good. You must have been feeling good, enjoying life. And then so many people nowadays, we talk about that one in two odds that cancer will hit you. Because we want to explain that if you're hit by cancer or or illness in general, you know, life still goes on. The big C still is a, a frightening thing to hear. Well, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I was I was home two years, really, before things kind of came to head. It's prostate cancer is my yeah. problem, which, uh, as, as you've alluded to earlier, is a very common cancer. It's one in eight men will will suffer for it from it rather and um, in fact it's one in four black men for some reason right uh, they seem seem to have a a genetic disposition towards it but very very common amongst the male population yeah and we all know our own bodies and we we can kind of recognize when things are changing and uh, the big message that I would like to give anybody listening is that don't in, don't ignore these changes yeah. don't make excuses for them that's what I did to a degree I thought oh, it's just part of getting older I was always quite fit throughout my life played contact sports all the rest of it and I was kind of persuading myself that this was just a natural aspect of the aging process but you know this various symptoms that I had uh, but eventually I, I did uh, recognize that something was amiss and I went for a checkup and if there was any message I could give to people at all if if you feel that your body is changing go and see your doctor if anything from this podcast you've just said it exactly there could I ask you about your croft you've got sheep and cattle how did you feel there you know, because you must think, oh my goodness, I've got this responsibility. And we always hear of that phrase, oh, I've got too much on to be ill. And people, like you say, can put things off. Was there a worry about, I've just got to keep going? Well, when I, when I got the final diagnosis that it was prostate cancer, um, the first thing, <laughs> the immediate first reaction was oh well there's no point in planning anything because I had been working to a kind yeah. of four year plan of of improvements and putting up sheds and stuff in the craft reseeding and all that kind of thing and the first first reaction was well there's no point in making any plans at all and then almost in the in the next breath it was oh crikey I better get planning but <laughs> everything I'll have to ch- everything I'll have to change uh, and plan maybe for a, an early exit or or uh, or just a period of incapacity. Yeah. Uh, so you're swinging from one extreme of the the planning spe- spectrum to the other, and uh, everything just kind of comes crowding in on you all at once, and it can, can be a bit overwhelming because you try to try to cater for every eventuality all at the one time, which is impossible. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of structure your thinking as best as we can and go about things in a methodical fashion and just deal with them one at a time rather than all at once. Within your group of crofting friends, did you feel you needed to ask for help or were people, once they knew, that help just came? The help just came, uh, Ross. There are a number of families here in Borg that have been for generations likes of the Mackenzies, the McDonald's, the Nicholson's, 
uh, my own family uh, we've been here for a long long time and, and some of the old traditions uh, such as working cooperatively uh, live on there's very little cropping done now and no potatoes grown uh, but I remember the, the, the neighbours used to move from croft to croft planting the potatoes uh, in each in each holding um, as a cooperative uh, enterprise I remember, you know, squads of neighbours arriving here in Mooncroft just as a, as a child and planting the, the potatoes with my uncle. But um, the, the, <coughs> the neighbours just appeared, just to give you an example, uh, in the summertime uh, when I was, wasn't that fit, uh, it was dipping time and the neighbours just appeared, took the sheep from the croft, took them over to the fank, dipped them and brought them back. Yeah. Without without uh, anything, and and I went along certainly, but I, I wasn't allowed to do anything. Yeah. They just said, "You you sit over there, and you you're behind, and uh, let us get on with this." Yeah. yeah so I, you know, you you just can't put a value in that kind of no. uh, assistance uh, and just support, general support, because not only is it practical physical assistance, it it, it gives you a boost yes. uh, in human nature. And it was very reassuring, and I was very grateful of it. Going through your treatment, you went to Rigmorden and Bernays on a regular basis, and we're talking about just before it. It was a long period. You were under radiotherapy. It, it, it was Ross. Yeah, <clears throat> I, 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 my first, uh, I first went through to Rigmore for my really my definitive. Uh, definitive uh, diagnosis I went through uh, on my birthday so oh, <laughs> there's certainly better ways to spend a birthday yeah. uh, but I was in the care of the, the first class uh, urology department at Rigmore I can't speak highly enough of them um, and I, I got the, the usual scans and biopsies and stuff uh, got my a firm and final diagnosis on the in December, uh, and the treatment, the radio block of radiotherapy treatment started in February, and lasted till the middle of June, and it was five days a week, Monday to Friday, so I had to stay through an in Inverness in the Kyle Court, uh, which is known throughout the Highlands really, and I can honestly say that the accommodation was excellent. Uh, the food was first class, and uh, I, I have absolutely no complaints about the the, the level of of uh, care yeah. that, that I got or the facilities. Uh, but uh, I got home at the weekends. The um, I got a course of radiotherapy every day for the, as I say for the Monday to Friday. There were well, none of us were very well uh, in that department. You don't go there if you're if you're fighting fit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, some of some of uh, some of the other lads, and they were all lads because it was prostate cancer. Uh, some of the other lads got affected very early on by side effects, and they weren't able to get home. But I was quite lucky. It wasn't until I was well through the course that side effects began to catch up with me. I was able to get home every weekend. I drive myself home, yeah. Uh, so and go back again for the Monday treatment. The 
uh, radiology department were, were extremely accommodating. Uh, those of us that were travelling home, we got our appointments on the Friday morning. We got our session of the radiotherapy on the Friday morning, so that gave us, we could get away kind of lunchtime. And they would give, they would uh, schedule our appointments for the Monday afternoon, so we had time to reach Inverness in the you know in the morning, yeah. to leave sharp in the morning. So they were very good in understanding. As you were talking about treatment, and one of the things you said was that the the specialist, your consultant, said this is how we're going to treat your cancer. The, although I said earlier that prostate cancer is such a a, a common thing. Uh, in fact, all cancers really, but but it's always something. I, I don't know how how you feel yourself, but it's always something that happens to other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you, you you yourself are never going to get it. No. You know, it's always something that unpleasant that happens to other people. But when it does happen to yourself, it's almost a wee bit surreal. You 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 kind of feel detached from the process. But when I've sat down with the consultant after I'd received the final <clears throat> diagnosis and they were talking about uh, how they were going to tackle the treatment and he, he said to me now, he, he said, what, what we're going to do with your cancer and when he said the you and the cancer and the two words were side by side, that was when it was a real shock, yeah, that was when yeah. it all became very, very, very real and it was just like somebody throwing a bucket of cold water at you. Yeah. Um, the, 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 kind of almost a shock. Although I knew this, this was coming yeah. with, with the, the process, it was nevertheless a shock, it when, was shock when, yeah. when, it, when it actually happened. I, I told you about a similar position when I was told I was I, I couldn't write my name. I've got yeah, to write yeah. or to sign Aye, the form. Just to get your mind together to, yeah, to and, do it. And you, as you said, it was like there's everything in your mind swirling around yeah. and it's uh, that shock. And again, having support from friends and family, of course, are, it's very important. Did you tell people around you or were you... Yeah, no, I, I told people... Uh, because I was very conscious that, um, well, prostate cancer is something that's very treatable. Yeah. Uh, the, the medicine has come such a long way with it. But it's such a, a kind of insidious thing that creeps up on men. And uh, as I said earlier, you know, we're very good at making excuses for not going to the doctor. But it, it, if caught early, it's very, very treatable. I wanted, uh, if at all possible, that my, my wee experience... Uh, was made available really to people round about me, yeah. uh, so that they would not put off going to the doctor if they felt that there was something amiss with themselves. The only person I didn't tell was my ninety-five-year-old mother, yeah. because it was, there was no point. It was going yeah. to serve no useful purpose. It was only going to distress her, and uh, to this day, she doesn't know. Okay. So this is a perfect way to keep, keep it secret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, she's not good on the computer. No, she, she's, she doesn't know what a podcast is. No, no. You're going through treatment and it's going very well. Radiotherapy, as you've always said in the past, is, can hit people different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, when, and it did hit you near the end... It did, it did. The side effects kind of caught up with me and they were quite debilitating and uh, 
really in, I was incapacitated to a considerable degree and yeah. uh, the local treatment that I got in Portree Hospital uh, I was going in there at all hours of the of the night oh, right. and uh, they, they, I, again I can't speak highly enough of them they were so uh, pleasant and kind and Aye. understanding and very very effective and in terms of it, it was a goal to get back to the Croft and, and work did you feel a little bit more negative yeah there are times you know particularly during the night uh, yeah. when things are kind of at their lowest ebb and uh, there's nobody around or you don't want to speak to anybody and disturb their sleep times where you get a bit down and you thought is this ever going to get better or is it just going to be a downward spiral but um, fortunately I did I did rally and was was, um, was able to recover my fitness um, and it was at a time of year I was very fortunate. I finished the treatment in June, thinking that I would be able just to yeah. go back to work on the Monday kind of thing. But I actually didn't get back to work until the September. So there was a few months uh, that were quite difficult and unpleasant. But um, there wasn't that much needing done on the Croft. No. Uh, things like reseeding, well, I just didn't do them because uh, I wasn't able to. Yeah. Um, the animals were pretty much out in their own grazing. There was nothing, nothing really needing to be done. It was probably the easiest time of year to be indisposed. You kept your cattle away, you away, away winter, yeah, and you just thinking ahead. You away wintered them a wee bit longer than usual, and you took the tips out earlier. You were saying, yeah. So again, going back to my my diagnosis, rewinding a few months. Um, I had put the tups out before my my process of investigation began uh, and I had been in two minds, again, as I said, we know our own bodies and I knew that there was something not just right. And I put the tups out, but as soon as I got the, the diagnosis, I wheeled them in again. My lambing period was shorter yeah. than normal and again, that was quite a quite a lucky kind of break that I had and neighbours were were absolutely immense and, and they did the lambing for me. Not 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 that it was a big job, but it's a big job when things are going wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Recovery is going well. Yes. Um uh, I finished my treatment at the end of this month and I get a test in the beginning of December and if all goes as it has been going, I go from three monthly checks to six monthly. So that's great. So we'll, we'll wait and hear, uh, hear how that goes. There's always a, a period of, of uh, anxiety is maybe too strong a word, but uncertainty between the blood test being taken and yeah. the results coming back. That's right. Uh, and you're thinking, yeah. oh, I wonder how this is going to go. Yeah. But uh, so far, so good. And I'm back. Full full fitness, really, uh, and normal normal function. You sort of said it at the start, which was a really positive and important statement about getting checked when you don't feel correct. And we as men, <laughs> and especially those in the farming community as well, can be a little bit stubborn about getting checked. Exactly. Especially with the prostate thing, where yes, where it is a kind of bit invasive, uh, you know, and you have to adopt the the attitude that well, I'm just going to leave my dignity at the door here, and I'll pick <laughs> pick it up when I come back out. Yeah. But to the health professionals, it's it's no big deal no. at all. They're doing it 
every day. Yeah. And I mean, it's like us mucking the buyer or, or you know, investigating a, a, a yow that's got a prolapse or something. It's 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 no big deal whatsoever to them. Although to us, it's it's uh, mortifying. But uh, if, if we just get over that hump, and it is, right. it is no more than a hump, and it could save your life. You have a same humour as myself, <laughs> and I can imagine <laughs> these, some of the jokes that uh, I remember my brother telling me about an investigation that I wouldn't go further. <laughs> but uh, the way he said it, it was just humour, yeah. and he got through it. And he yeah. got through it with a bit of humour as well. Yes, exactly. And that's, exactly. that's a big thing. And also the fact that uh, you said it there, that these are professionals who, who will do it as quick and as oh, yes. comfortable as possible. <laughs> well, as these things can be. Yes, but, indeed. But not just prostate cancer, any cancer. Yeah. They're so professional. And there's some great support from Macmillan and various other organisations. Yes, yes, indeed. Did you use any of these? I, I didn't. No. I didn't, Ross. No. Um, I relied heavily on the the excellent staff at Portrait yeah. Hospital. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I used to joke with them when I was in, maybe in the small hours of the morning, lying on the, on the, on the bench, and they were saying to me that I would be going to their Christmas night out. I had been in that often. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and to their credit they said I would be very welcome yeah, I bet, I bet, yeah. and, if, and through these times with Covid I think uh, people are starting to take notice of the NHS and the brilliant staff when you're there you might, you just think the world of these people oh absolutely absolutely with, with, with good reason yes with good reason yeah, and they have the humour too. Oh yes, That's and I think they have to because the job they're doing. If there wasn't a wee bit of humour, it could be quite wearing, I would imagine. Die, I even more so, yeah. it helps to defuse the the kind of gravity or the potential gravity of the situation for them. So before we end, can you just go over the main points you feel are important? You you said that at the start about check checkups. And yeah. I think that would be the, the, the key message I would like to impart to anybody that's listening uh, or, or still listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, if, if, if you feel that things are not what they were, go and get a checkup. You're not taking up the medical staff's time unnecessarily. You'll have the reassurance that very probably things are okay, but you'll have that reassurance that that's the case. And uh, even if it's not prostate cancer, it might be something else, yeah, less serious that's equally treatable. Yeah. And uh, but don't keep it to yourself, and don't be reluctant to approach the, the health service for for assistance. And Carmen, you've given us a great insight on a very personal subject, and I can't thank you enough. And I hope you you do well with all your tests and. It's interesting, we, we speak to each other in the car park and when we ask how are you getting on, it's not general, it's, it's about specific. It's very cases. specific, that's right. It's not the usual kind of greeting, how are you doing, where you don't really care if you get an answer or not, but <laughs> right. we, we, it's a genuine inquiry, how are you doing? Yeah, that's right, <laughs> and uh, we'll have that hopefully for many a year. I, I hope so indeed, Ross, yes best, indeed. Best wishes to you, Cameron, I can't thank you enough. Pleasure, thank you. Thank you. Delighted to have Max Granger, the welfare, welfare manager of RSABI, with me today. 
Miles, can you give us a brief intro about what you do and what RSABI does? Well, I'm the manager, the welfare manager for RSABI, and RSABI effectively support people in Scottish agriculture or people that support Scottish agriculture, whether you're still working in it or no longer able to work in it. The sort of support we give is can be varied. It's emotional, it's practical, and it can be financial. So we kind of have the whole gambit to us to help people move forward or help them ease sort of troubled times. Thank you. On this podcast, we spoke to Cameron McFadgen, who was diagnosed with cancer. And from that, we really understand more about what difficulties there are for the person, but also in terms of not just emotional, but also in terms of support for work. How can you help there? Well, well, to be honest, we have already um, support people in similar circumstances. We get referrals direct from Macmillan's for people that are in agriculture suffering from cancer. And I, and I guess the easiest thing to say is the, the help that we give is dependent on the help that's that's needed. So there are instances where we'll just help look at benefits, support people to get um, the benefits they need during the time when they're ill. They're Ill. If there is financial issues or there's time to wait for benefits to be paid, we can help financially. We can also help financially to make sure that people are getting to their hospital appointments because often if you're rural, these hospital appointments aren't five minutes down the road. They can be quite a distance away and having the finance to be able to get to and from them can be quite difficult. So we can support with that too. We also can look practically at what issues there are to the Croft or the farm uh, that the cancer means that perhaps somebody that was normally working regularly um, are, are, is not able to do that. And we can look at support and um, finance towards getting somebody extra in to cover the jobs that can't be done during this sort of critical time. We also can look at the emotional support, and that's not only for the person suffering from cancer, that's also for the family, because often they can be hit sometimes harder because it's not their fight and it's harder to watch somebody fight. So we have a helpline that's open from 7 in the morning till 11 at night. And not only do people call in, but we actually organise calling out. So in circumstances like that, we could call out regularly, daily, weekly, uh, monthly, depending on what's needed. And what we do tend to find is it's that mixture of the three types of support that help people sort of move forward or get through this sort of crisis time. If, if for any reason, you know, going forward, the farm or the croft isn't a viable option going forward, we can get business reviews done just to have a look to see if there's a way that the, the business could be sort of modelled or changed to suit the new circumstances or help people if they're looking at exiting the industry if, if that's what's needed. Thank you. And of course, we talk about cancer, but there are so many other illnesses and problems that people can have that RSABI will certainly step in to help. Absolutely. So you've also got people that have been diagnosed with sort of life-changing uh, illnesses, you know, Parkinson's, MS, MND, and the, that can take a lot of getting used to and, and getting your head around, let alone the effect on the family and the business. Often it's the person themselves that struggle with that and we can offer counselling for all sorts of situations and the counselling can help people maybe just get their head round it and their thought processes round it. And the counsellors we use, if, if folk want to have a counsellor that's got a farming background, we have a few that we can use for that. And again, if money is a problem, we could look to fund that for people too. 
That's great. Thanks very much. I think from these words you've given, it gives a lot of hope and support for people who maybe are very concerned or very worried about their futures. Yeah, and if you are worried about somebody, don't be frightened. Just if you get their permission for us to give them a call, we'll give them the call as long as we'll not cold call anybody. But if you are worried about some of them, someone, just ask them if it's okay, if RSCBI can give them the call. We, off, we always manage to help and we always manage to get the people involved that we need to be getting involved to support um, people to move forward or to get used to the new situation. And I think often people don't understand that about RSCBI, that we offer quite a wide-ranging types of support for all different types of circumstances. And you do that also in these times with COVID, you've had to adapt to help people. Yeah, well, COVID, during COVID, we've called out, our call-out service has been really busy. You know, people that were isolated and lonely anyway just found that even more overwhelming, that sort of lack of choice. So our call-out service has been really busy and we call folk regularly, weekly, uh, monthly, depending on what sort of the sort of arrangement they want, just to make sure that somebody's checking in, make sure they're all right and have a chat about the week. And, you know, a lot of people are, are don't have somebody coming in and out now, so they're really grateful of that. Well, once again, Max, thanks for your time and best wishes to your team and onward success for helping everyone. Thanks very much. No, thank you. Thank you. Once again, thank you to Cameron and Margs for helping me put this podcast together. And if you need further support, you can contact Macmillan Cancer Support on 0808808000. And you can also contact RSABI's helpline on 0300111. Four one double six, and also further information on the Farm Advisory Service. Go to their website fast.scot, or if you need advice, telephone 0300 323 0161.